Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast, it's the football podcast. We're a man down, but that doesn't stop the great football content coming your way. Our Nottingham Forest correspondent is there in spirit, as is his team. We're all good. We're covered. Don't worry. Don't panic. Before we start with the football, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Drop any reviews you want to drop. Share the podcast around. Word of mouth is a fantastic thing. Right, let's get started. So here we go. This is CookieCast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. Ah, oh, yes, that unmistakable sound, ladies and gentlemen. The uh, the woman off of the Zoom, letting you know that the recording is indeed in progress, can mean but one thing. Well, technically, three things. I guess, but it's it's the one thing that that, that I certainly bring to you on on the reg which is, of course, another instalment of the football podcast for you, brought to you by all the good people here at the Cookie Cast Podcast Network. And those people, in no particular order, are indeed myself. Hull City correspondent, Mr Stuart Wubensey, how are you, sir? Hello. Uh, delightful with my lovely mug for the YouTubes. It is a very nice mug. I, I should just point out for the audio listeners, it's as in full of tea. I'm not just complimenting my own face. Yeah. It is, uh, for the for the audio only, it is a whole circa, I'm going to go 93 to 95, maybe? It's it's the, the world famous Tiger Print home Tiger shirt. Tiger Print mug shirt. But yes, a lovely shirt, no less. Did you actually own the shirt itself back in the day? No. I know. Sad times, sad times. I imagine they will go for a handsome sum on their, on retro websites and whatnot. In fact, there is, um, a, I believe it's classic football shirts. I might have to have a little look through and see how much a Tiger Print Hull City shirt goes for on that particular website. Um, it's not just myself and Mr. Woodmansey. Of course, the, uh, the, the proprietor, if you will, the, uh, the leader. Of the uh, of the network himself, Mr. Andrew Cook also joined us. How are you this evening, Mr. Cook? I am a delight. I mean, delightful. Take your pick. I mean, the the, the listeners and the viewers wouldn't keep coming back if you weren't anything other than a delight, sir. So, I believe they've uh, they've spoken and. Uh, Tommy, sure. The, the men from Del Monte, they say yes. <laughs> Sadly, no, Mr. Moore this week. He's unable to join us. So we'll uh, we'll be doing his uh, his updates on behalf of him. Um, he has he has given me some some details to go through on a, of a Nottingham Forest perspective. Um, so we uh, we might as well do the sort of the notes and news now to go, to sort of uh, start us off before we uh, go through last week's football scores from the predictions perspective. So we'll start with we'll start with Forest as uh, as Mr. Moses sadly not with us. So, in Forest news, we have two departures from the club, one on the playing side, one a little bit further up, and technically a lone player going out, but it gets a bit confusing, so we'll, we'll come to that in a bit. So the departures, um, I believe the first player is a player who had his contract cancelled um, to allow him to join Sevilla. And it is Loic Bardi. Um, don't know how many times he actually ended up playing for the team in the first in the first team. It's not a name I recall hearing an awful lot of. Um, I don't know if he got an injury, which maybe put him out for for a period of time. Um, but obviously, he's, he's had his contract cancelled, terminated at Forest, which has allowed him to go and join at Sevilla. Um, so that that playing staff is uh, is down by one. So. Keep your eyes peeled, ladies and gentlemen. They'll probably be signing at least four players in his place to uh, to replace him. 
the don't, you be take, don't you be taking shots just because he's not here to defend him, though. <laughs> I'm sure anyone else. I'm sure anyone can just put it in the comment section about the uh, the lack of the lack of respect. I'm showing Mr. Moore there. My, <laughs> my crass, my crass nature. Uh, the other departure is not on the plane side, and it's quite a big one. The CEO Dane Murphy has actually left the club now. I don't have much further on this, uh, and it kind of came out of the blue, from what I understand. I don't know if it was something that had been in discussions for a while, um, or if it's something that was just taken as a bit of a snap decision where they they've decided they needed to make a change to maybe, maybe get something sort of going behind the scenes. But, um, yeah, as it stands, I believe they haven't brought in a replacement, so they are on the, looks for, on the lookout for a new CEO, You'd imagine that position will probably be filled sooner rather than later. But that's that's the uh, that's the current state of play in Nottingham. The uh, the other departure of sorts um, is Josh Bowler. So Josh Bowler was signed in the summer from Blackpool and then immediately sent on loan to Olympiacos. Um, he's since had his loan, his loan spell with Olympiacos terminated and he has now been sent on loan back to Blackpool. Which is a strange one, because you would imagine that Olympiakos is a much better standard than Blackpool. Not not to sort of put too fine a point on it. You want to obviously maybe want to get your uh, your player to have um, more reps playing in a foreign system to get his game to be a little bit better. Maybe the case that he wasn't getting a game at Olympiakos, that's why they've moved him on to Blackpool. But obviously. Uh, Forest have just played Blackpool in the FA Cup at the weekend, so I don't know if there was maybe a bit of bit of a rapport building there, and they've just decided saving the planet. They just dropped him off whilst they were there. Well, well, exactly, but yeah, a, a bit of a bit of a strange one that one. But um, obviously, just not really. Get, I, I can only presume it's because he's not getting the game time, and obviously that if if, if they feel that he's more than likely to get a game if he goes back to Blackpool, so. That's that's the uh, that's the updates that Mr. Moore has sent me for uh, from a forest perspective. Um, do you want to give us the, the ins and outs, the ups and downs, what's going on at the uh, at the MKM, Mr. Uh, Mr. Wilmersy? Yeah. So um, on an on an injury front to begin with, and uh, it, it, this broke just after we'd recorded, as is always the norm. Uh, Benjamin Tete is back in the ranks and did actually feature in the FA Cup game at the weekend, which we shall get to shortly. Um, so it's it's not a new signing as such, but for the amount of time that Paul has been out injured, it may as well be. Uh, we've also we have let a couple of players go. Um, first one was Brandon Fleming, left back, He's gone on loan to Oxford until the end of the season. Um, again, probably just to get him some game time because he was starting to slip out of the the, the ranks a little bit. I. I genuinely quite liked him. I think he's a decent player, so it's one of them where I hope he finds a bit of form and, and comes back for some competition as opposed to that they let him go entirely. Um, and another one that I quite liked but didn't get to see in person very often was Randell Williams. He's a, a winger. Uh, he has left permanently to join Bolton for an undisclosed fee. Um, very much at Hull possibly got lost in the shuffle. But going down to Bolton, you would imagine that he'll be a bit, a bit more of a, uh, how can I put this, a slightly bigger fish, shall we say. Um, oh, a chunk in the pie is wrong, because that would have been uh, Wigan, wouldn't it? But you know what I mean, that kind of area. Um, but for those that have gone, we also have brought someone in, albeit not permanently, and uh, wait for wait for Paul to stop laughing as I say the name of this player. So we've signed uh, Aaron Connolly from Brighton uh, until the end of the season. And Paul can laugh all he wants, but I will point out at this this uh, this this juncture that he did score for Middlesbrough against Derby. So we all have him to thank for something at least. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie, it's not a signing that would fill me with the greatest of confidence if it was my team that he was joining, as his record is his record as a goal scorer is 
absolutely horrific. And when you consider that that is the position he plays in, that is deeply, deeply worrying. So, so the write-up on, on the website gave it the old, oh, he's versatile and he can play out wide and he can play through the middle. Um, I, I'm absolutely not going to judge him on what I've seen so far, but he did sign, I think it was either late Thursday or, or Friday, and then he did feature in the FA Cup game at the weekend. He got brought on as a sub in the second half. Um, and that's about as much as I can tell you from that game because other substitutes that were brought on definitely made more of an impact. But again, we shall get to that. Um, be interesting. We'll, we'll see how it works out. Look, Borough took Marcus Falls and have apparently turned him into some sort of actual force. So, you know, anything can happen at this juncture. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, listen, I'll be the first, I'll be the first to sort of uh, hold my hand up and say that if he actually start, like, does it the ground running, there was... <laughs> There's clearly a player in there. You don't you don't become a Premier League footballer without being able to play football. So he's clearly got something about him. What I will say is he's quick. From what I can remember, he was a quick boy. He, was a, he could cover the cover the ground pretty fast. Just never seemed never really seemed settled at Borough. I don't know if that was because um, at the end of last season, Wilder was never playing a settled front two or anything like that. I don't, I don't know if that was just the thing. He never really got like a, a, a sort of a settled run of like five or six games in a row like where he could like put a, like a, a, a marker down where he was like the main man and stuff like that. Scored a couple of goals when he was on loan at the Borough, but just, just off the top of my head, I can remember an awful lot of chances that he missed that were pretty much nailed on. Like they, not necessarily open goals, but certainly... Chances where you'd be you'd be upset if you were at least making the goalkeeper work, and that seemed to be the case. He wasn't working the keeper much, which was kind of disappointing. Well, I guess with with all due respect to my own team, that's why he's been sent on loan from a Premier League side to a Championship side to try and yeah. right that yeah. wrong. Makes sure sense. Uh, anything else from a Hull perspective? Um, no, the, not from a playing perspective. Uh, it, it, a, a bit of a classy move has been put in by the uh, the, the new. I, can, I mean, how long does it? Am I allowed to say new owners for? Is it? It's like do you, when do you stop saying Happy New Year kind of thing? I mean, if you if you're saying it by the time you listen to this podcast, go give your head a wobble. But <laughs> when did he, when did he, when did he complete the takeover? Uh, before the start of this current season. Because it was like February time, I think, last year. So we're closing in on a year. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we digress. Uh, he, to boost the crowds at the away games, has very kindly said that any away game that we have now for the remainder of the, rece- the remainder of the season, starting from Stoke, which I think is the first week in February, um, anybody who buys a ticket to the away game will get free coach travel. Um, the cynic in you may look at that and think, oh, well, you've definitely got the Sheffield teams to play then, or you've definitely got a Barnsley... Oh, no, wait a minute. Um, however, trips include Reading, Bristol, um, and uh, you know, Coventry, Blackburn, so the, it, they're not exactly 20 minutes down the road, so fair play. Um, the away game's to my knowledge, have become, they've got a bit of a reputation again in the sense of it is just the ultras, for want of a better word. Um, whereas I feel like more people will probably go based on this offer. Um, so it may redress that balance somewhat. And obviously any extra support to the team on the road is always uh, always going to be appreciated. Um, and who knows, if it has settled out, maybe I myself may venture to an away game this season. For the first time in a long time, in a away game. I mean, it, it's it, it, you can't say anything other than like you know, well done to them for that. I mean, it's, it's a suggestion that they don't need to do, uh, and obviously, currently with uh, with the energy crisis and all the assorted stuff that goes along with it, it's something that's just another little sort of thank you back to the fans. So, fair play, you know, you have to. Um, you have to salute the you have to salute the guy and say well, well done to you, sir, for uh, taking the initiative and uh, putting your hand in your pocket and so that. So yeah, 
Yeah, well, so Mr. Illichalli, I believe. Is that his mm-hmm. name? Yeah, roughly. I'm sure there's like three of our Turkish listeners have just spat at you by the pronunciation. <laughs> it's near yeah. enough. More likely. So, all that's left to do is the Middlesbrough update. So, nothing from a back, back room. There's no coach travel that's been put on. There's no extra tickets that have been made available. There's nothing like that. There's no CEO changes. It's just strictly on the playing side of things. Um, two departures. A couple of, couple of players that have gone out on loan, but they're not first-team players, so I won't, I won't go into that. Um, the first one. Um, is uh, a guy who's had a contract cancelled, which was Mazamo Luongo. Um, he was signed on a short-term deal um, before, just after the season had started. Uh, he, he came in really as cover for um, Johnny Howson, um, but just never really uh, was, was given the opportunity to play. Um, He's had his contract cancelled, so he's uh, he's since gone on and he's joined Ipswich Town, or should I say rejoined Ipswich Town, as he had a spell there earlier in his career. Uh, and another one that's just actually come through today, just in the last sort of couple of hours, is that um, a guy, a young lad from the academy, uh, fullback Daniel Dodds, was recalled from a loan spell that he was on with Darlington, um, and he's actually left the club today to join Hartlepool United on a permanent transfer. So, a bit of a in a in a Williams family transfer there from one one set of the family's uh, support to another, so I uh, I did send my dad a text and was wondering what the situation was as he's a uh, he's currently a right well I say currently he's more more often than not used as a right back and the uh, the guy who normally plays right back for Arsenal United is injured at the moment so he's obviously gone in as cover. I uh, don't know if it's maybe a case of he might go in as the new as the new guy, and um, the guy who's, who's currently there might be might be on the way out. But don't really know what the situation is at the moment. So um, the the note for the two that links them is that both have actually left the club without making a first team appearance. So neither Luongo or Dodds actually played in the first team. I did see Daniel Dodds play. In the pre-season game was uh, York York versus Middlesbrough, and he actually looked quite good. He looked quite mobile. Looked like he liked to get up and down the wing and stuff like that. So hopefully he'll uh, he'll be able to kick off his football league career within the next couple of weeks, and uh, hopefully uh, send pulls further up the table towards um, safety in League Two. Uh, one addition that's come through the door: uh, Borough signed striker Cameron Archer on loan from Aston Villa till the end of the season. Um, he's highly rated uh, from what I've seen um, a number of championship clubs are looking to get him he was uh, he had a loan spell at Preston North End last season where I think he scored 9 in 20 um, so he's almost batting at 50% there he's got a goal every couple of games um, he'll just come in he'll take a bit of the pressure off Tuba Fors all the other guys who are up there um, probably means that a player like Hoppy is probably going to be moved out, you'd imagine he'd maybe look to get him on loan somewhere. You never know, might end up at Hartlepool United. I'd be happy with that. It'd be a little, uh, you know, it'd be league football for him. Give him a chance to play, which he's not doing not doing so much at the minute. But watch his space. Obviously, there's going to be a lot more movement between now and the end of the transfer window, which, as I'm seeing on Sky Sports News, has another 20 days uh, or so to run. So we'll, uh, we'll cover all that, any, any further ins and outs between now and the end of the transfer window. That's all your news, ladies and gentlemen. So why don't we dive in to some of Week 21's predictions. And we started the week with Mr Moore's team. It is our first of Nottingham Forest's three games in three different competitions. Now, this was uh, Southampton versus Nottingham Forest in the league. Um, And uh, it was very well there. It was was a very good result for Nottingham Forest as they managed to get their first away win. Since May 1999 in the Premier League. Obviously, they've not played in the Premier League since May 1999, but that's, that's not really there. That's uh, splitting heads. There was a 1-0 win, and the goal was scored by Taiwo Awonyi. So, how, how many away goals have they scored, though? At this point? I don't know. I don't know, if it, I don't know if it was ever mentioned on the coverage. Uh, you might have to fill us in on that. Uh, it's at least two. 
I do like I do like the fact that uh, yes, it was it was mentioned several times on the Sky Sports coverage and the Prime coverage that I believe uh, Nottingham Forest have yet to score away from home or had scored once away from home all season, and then obviously they went and did it. Uh, doubled their tally in one night and uh, managed to take up the three points. So, from a predictions perspective, Mr. Woodmansey had gone for a nil-nil draw. That's no points there. Mr. Moore himself had gone for a 2-2 draw. Adams and Ward-Prowse to score for Southampton. No points. Gibbs-White and... Awongi to score for Nottingham Forest. He gets himself a point, even though he got the result incorrect. I went for a 2-1 Nottingham Forest win. Point there for the result. I also had Adams to score for Southampton, Johnson and Awongi to score for Nottingham Forest. So I get two points for that first game there. Mr Cook, though, he had the old thinking cap on. Straight in there. Went for a 1-0 Nottingham Forest win. One, sorry, I say one. Two points for the correct score there. Did have Johnson to score the goal, so doesn't get any more extra points for his goal scorer there. So after one game, Mr Woodmanton, the only man to still get off the mark. Um, Mr Moore on one point, myself and Andy on two. We move. To the first of the three FA Cup games that took place this weekend. And it is again Nottingham Forest. Mr. Wood did send me some stuff on uh, on this particular game. So I'll just go through the uh, the result first. Um, yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, obviously, uh, Forest went into this as the, uh, the, the heavily favoured side, as they were the Premier League team. However, they decided to make 11 changes from the team that played against Southampton. So not a great deal of continuity there for the team. Never usually works out when you make a wholesale raft of changes, I always feel. But nevertheless, um, it didn't really go well. Um, I've just got notes of poor display, lots of bad finishing. Forrest had 20 chances, five of which were on target. And um, sadly, yes, that didn't really uh, play play in the Forest hands as they uh, they suffered a four-one defeat. Sadly, which um, yeah, not not great. The goals were scored by Ekpeteta, Perveda, Hamilton, and Yates. Scoring the goals for Blackpool. The goal for Nottingham Forest was also scored by Yates. Two different Yates. Can't comment on the Blackpool yet, but we all, obviously everyone who listens to the Cookie Cast podcast network absolutely knows the status of the Nottingham Forest uh, Yates and that he is indeed a bit of a shit house. So, <laughs> what does that do from a predictions perspective? I so, think, I think you need to give him his full full title this week of goal scoring shit house. I, 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 I said that he'd scored. <laughs> I gave him. I gave him the. Somewhat <laughs> you, I guess, maybe. Uh, well, you know. Um, so we had all gone for varying different degrees of Nottingham Forest win, so no points there to start us off. Myself, Stu, and Andy had all gone for 2 0 wins. Um, I had Surridge and Dennis to score, Stu had Surridge and Johnson to score, and the combined the two sort of and went for Johnson and Dennis to score. Uh, that's no points, right? Mr. Moore had gone for 1-3, so 1-3 uh, in uh, Forest favour. He had Medine to score for Blackpool, Surridge, Johnson and Scarpa to score for Forest. No points there. We move to Humberside, where Hull City took on Fulham in their third round FA Cup fixture. Can we get one of our teams through to the uh, to the fourth round, Mr. Woodmansey? Not from my corner, no. However, yes, Hull City did lose the game, uh, 2-0. That scoreline heavily flattered Fulham. Now, both teams were heavily changed, which you'd expect. There was no Mitrovic at all for, for Fulham, not even on the bench. 
Um, Hull, like, again, rung the changes, but it was all players that really kind of have been fringe on the first team and absolutely deserved a chance. All were coming back from injury. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Tete was announced as, as fit and good to go and he made the bench. Uh, we left Esther Pinion on the bench as well to start with. Uh, went with uh, Slater up front. And again, like the kid, he's very short, but he's very quick. Covers a lot of ground. Um, causes a lot of... Uh, he's one of them like little terrier players that you really like when he's on your team, but he's really niggly when he's on the opposition side. So I'm, I'm cool with that. But yeah, Hull, to say that they, they much changed, played really well. Um, I would suggest for probably the first 45 minutes, they were in control of at least 30 minutes of it, which is unheard of, really. Um, I remember there was a point in the game where I just turned to Sarah because we were all up, watching from the south stand and I said, Fulham are going to score here because Hull had had pretty much all of the game. And true to form, Fulham then went up the other end and scored on 37 minutes. Um, with about, well, it was Levin Kazawa. So, so yeah, 37 minutes. So, 1 0 down at half time. Um, just a chance to reset, really, and give it another go in the second half. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, the manager made the right changes for me at the right time. Um, did bring Estepinian and Tete on together. So was definitely looking to get something from the game and I think Hull were really unlucky not to. Um, Tete looked well up for it as well. Every, he wanted to just be on everything. Um, running onto balls, laying balls through. Looks ready to go, big time. Um, so the second goal did not arrive until the fourth minute of injury time and resulted from the fact that we'd sent the keeper up for a corner. It's the cup. It happens. Uh, but I think if you just wind it back to last week's podcast, I think Paul may have mentioned something about if Dan James scores a goal, something must have gone wrong. Well, that thing that went wrong was the keeper going up. And there we go. Perfectly, Dan, vindicated, perfectly vindicated choice. Dan, Dan James, uh, in real life, it runs like lightning. He is super fast. Yeah. Um, but covered, that is literally the only good part of his game. Covered the full length of the pitch to uh, slot into the empty net. So, yeah, finished 2-0 to Fulham. Can't say I'm too disappointed. I think we've definitely got bigger fish to fry in the league. And, they, they, like I said, they played well. You can't really ask for any more that they actually give it a go. So, yeah, yeah I'm fine with that. So, from a predictions perspective, Mr Cook over there, was the optimistic one on the podcast and had gone for a 1-0 whole win with Estepinian to score. Sadly, that's no points right there. Myself, Mr. Woodmancy and Mr. Moore had all taken Fulham wins, so do get a point for the win. Um, I had gone for 1-3 with Smith to score for Hull. Decord over Reed, Reed and Mitrovic to score for Fulham. So no points for scorers, just a point for the result. Uh, Stu and Matt had both taken one twos. Um, both had taken Seri to score for Hull, as the old boy rule was in effect. Um, and he didn't play either, which is bizarre. Uh, he did He did the presser in the week leading up to the game and then wasn't in the squad. I don't know if that's the manager just basically just saying, your head's not right, lad. You know, I, I, I wondered if it's more of a bit of a, you, you know what's coming if he plays, so... <laughs> Now we can yes, have true. That is true, that is true. Uh, yes, uh, Matt had taken Mitrovic and Decod over to score. Stuart picked Willian and James to score. So does get himself an extra point. So, current points. Uh, Mr. Stu, Mr. Stu, Mr. Woodmansey, get himself off the mark this week with two points. Um, Andy currently still on two points, and myself and oh no, and and Mr. Moore also on two points. I can't even read my own writing here. Um, I currently am in the lead with three points from the first three games. So Forest FA Cup 
Ow. Hull, FA Cup, ow. It's just up to the borough to keep us with a team still remaining in the FA Cup this season. Could they do it? Could they balls? <laughs> they uh, allowed Brighton to come into town and absolutely rinse them. Uh, yeah, this... Um, I've only seen the highlights and the goals, but this, uh, from everything I've seen on Twitter, from everything I heard on the radio, so that, um, from pretty much the first to the last whistle, we were just absolutely outplayed on this one. Car- uh, Carrick could come out and attend the press conference afterwards. No complaints. We were just completely outclassed by a better Premier League quality team. Um, yeah, just whew, a bit of a footballing lesson, shall we say. The game finished... Middlesbrough won Brighton five. Considering five at your home turf is never good, it's never fun. Um, the goal scorers, uh, Middlesbrough, sorry, uh, Brighton took the lead uh, in the first half with Pascal Gross. Um, Borough did hit back within uh, within a couple of minutes actually with the Tuber app getting the equaliser, and then it was all downhill from there. Um, Adam Lallana uh, got the second just before half time. Uh, so Brian went into the lead, uh, went into the halftime break with a two-one lead, and then in the second half they just they just went into overdrive and just completely uh, wiped the floor with us. Alexis McAllister, in his first game back from the uh, since the World Cup final, uh, scored two. So he'd obviously um, he must have when he was leaving Qatar, he must have packed his bag and taken Messi's boots or something like that for some bizarre reason. But... Oh, that no, that that if you follow his social media, that man was coming back fully re-energized. Oh. Uh, Absolutely. How could I possibly forget? Um, for those of you who have Twitter, I uh, suggest you. Uh, or was it? Was it potentially it was, Insta? It was on Instagram. Yeah. Instagram. Yeah. If you're on Instagram, just 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 have a quick search for Alexis McAllister and see how his um, wife uh, congratulated him, uh, and then see what his retort was. Uh, <laughs> might not even be his wife. Might just be his girlfriend. But either way, his good lady partner. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, Alexis McAllister got two. Uh, and then the icing was oh, the, the first of which was a delightful little um, inside of the uh, inside of the foot sort of step overy type jobby which just uh, nestled at the bottom corner and phew, spot on. Uh, and the uh, the round was completed by Undav towards the end of the game. So yeah, one five thoroughly thoroughly soundly beaten. Can have no complaints really. Just didn't really get just didn't really get going. Predictions wise. Uh, Stu and Andy had both been optimistic and had gone for Middlesbrough wins. Um, Stu had gone 1-0 with fours to score the goal. Andy had taken 2-0 with fours and Akpon to score the goal. So he gets himself a point there. Uh, I had gone for a 1-1 draw. So after about 20 minutes or so, I was was quids in. Didn't really pan out that way. I had Hoppy and Sammy Ento to score. No points for me. Mr. Moore had gone for a 2-1 Brighton win. So he gets himself a point for the uh, result. He also had Akpom to score for the Borough. Tross, excuse me, Trossard and Gross to score for Brighton. So he gets himself three points from, uh, from that one game. So that leaves us with just the one final game, which is Nottingham Forest versus Wolverhampton Wanderers, which is taking place as we speak. So, before we go into that game, we're just going to have a slight break, just uh, dust ourselves down, really digest the information that's just coming into us, and we'll give you that result on the other side. So, join us in right now, basically, as it works out on your podcast feed, and we'll be right back. Recording in progress. See, I told you, we don't lie, we don't lie, We, we said we'd be right back, and Without even sitting, without having to do anything, we're literally right back in your ear rolls, ladies and gentlemen. So, yeah, you haven't had to click a button, you haven't had to press anything on your phone. Almost like magic, we're back to go through it. So, we left it with the final game of the week, and it was the third different competition for Nottingham Forest in the space of oof, five days, six days, six days probably. Um, where it was Nottingham Forest versus Wolverhampton Wanderers in the quarter-finals of the Carabao Cup. Now, obviously, this game has literally just, not, not, to, not to date the podcast by any means, but this game 
may or may not have just finished in the last 10 to 15 minutes or so. So, it sounded like it was a bit of a tense game, obviously. Um, Forrest making a lot of changes from the weekend. Um, coming to it where they've basically, I, I believe, gone back to more of the squad that played against Southampton. Um, uh, they ended up taking the lead in the first half by Willie Bolly. Uh, getting himself on the end of the of, 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 of the action in the box, uh, it was scored right from the uh, travelling away support. So of course, because he used to play for uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers, he did the he did the honourable thing and uh, didn't celebrate. It's a bit of a weird one because it seemed to like flick up on the back post off the shoulder slash arm of a Wolves player, and he was just there to poke it in. Yeah, like he got he, he he literally couldn't miss, but it is the one that it's one of those ones where. One every one in a hundred, the, the player somehow managed to put it wide or put it over or something like that. It's basically yeah. on the goal line. But this time it went in, so Woody Bolly opens the goal scoring, and it stayed that way until around the 70, 75th, 77th minute, I think, when Raul Jimenez found himself in a very similar position, yet on the opposite post as to where Woody Bolly was, and uh, just tucked in. A uh, little ball was played across the goal. Uh, again, couldn't miss. He was pretty much right place, right time, just stuck the ball in. Um, for 1-1, and that's where the game finished. Now, obviously, with the Carabao Cup, they've made the changes to the rules where no need for extra time, no need for replays, straight into the penalty shootout. So we go into the penalty shootout, and uh, Sam Surridge steps up to take the first penalty for uh, Nottingham Forest and misses. Not good. Ruben Neves steps up to take the second, uh, the first penalty for Wolverhampton Wanderers and misses. Oh, dear. The rest of the penalties are scored until it gets to the fifth Wolves taker, whose number was something like 56, which means that he's definitely a squad player that I've never heard of before. So I can't think of it. what his name is. He missed the penalty. Well, Dean Anderson saves the penalty. Uh, not enough for his fans to go wild. Dean Anderson does a slide and pretty much loses his shorts. Um, I believe there was a lot of cheek when he, uh, when he stood up, let's put it that way. Uh, <laughs> Can, it was not helped out by the fact that the pitch was particularly muddy as well. <laughs> it almost looked like he'd done a Lineker, shall we say. For those of you who don't know what that reference means, Google it. You'll uh, you'll be interested to see what you find out. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> um, yes, so, um, Nottingham Forest progressed to the semi-finals of the League Cup where they will play either Southampton, Newcastle United... Or Manchester United, obviously not to put too fine a point on it, but um, I believe at least seventy-five percent of this podcast are praying to the Lord above to any sort of deities that Newcastle are drawn against Manchester United in either the semi-finals or if they get there, the final, and their long wait for a trophy lingers on and on. And on, and on. But, from a predictions perspective, who had what scores? So, myself and Mr. Moore, no, sorry, myself and Mr. Cook, had gone for optimistic wins for Nottingham Forest. Andy had gone for 1-0 with Gibbs-White to score. Sadly, no points there. I had gone for 2-1 to Forest with Gibbs-White to score twice and Pedence to score for Wolverhampton Wanderers. No points there. Matt, Everly Pessimist, had gone for a 2-1 Wolves win with Johnson to score for Forrest and Neves and Pudence to score for Wolverhampton Wanderers. But he sat there. He's in, his, he's in his living room. He's got his crystal ball out and predicting a 1-1 draw, but then refusing to pick who would progress on penalties Mr. Stuart Woodmansey takes two points for the result. He did have Gibbs, White and Costa to score for Wolves, so no points, no additional points for goal scorers there. How do you, how do you feel about the, uh, the that, that pick now that it's come to fruition and you were uh, on the fence, as it were, for your penalty shootout winner? Uh, well, I mean, nobody wants to... I, mean, I, I hate watching penalties when it's my team or if it's England and nobody wants to be that guy that's like, oh, I think your team will win on penalties because you know deep down that you're absolutely not buying any of that. 
Um, but I'm really, I'm really glad they did. I know Matt um, probably won't want Newcastle to be drawn against them. But how awesome would it be if it was Forrest that put them down? <laughs> and it would potentially get him a chance to go and see his team this season. So mm. There's always the, uh, the, the, the edge to the sword, so to speak. So, total week's points. From being in a position where I was leading with three points. Sadly, I got no more. So I finished the week on three points. Andy also joins me in finishing the week on three points. Mr. Woodmansey, with that two-point haul at the end, managed to get himself up to four points for the week. But taking the week with five points in total is Mr. Matthew Moore. Sad times, ladies and gentlemen. The cheek of him to already be off celebrating. I know, I believe He's in the pub as we speak, downing several bottles of Newcastle Brown here. Um, so, sad times, ladies and gentlemen. My book has no more pages. R.I.P. to the Quickly Kevin, the 90s football podcast, free notepad. We hardly knew ye, you did well. <laughs> Stepping up to the plate is the new and improved on-brand football podcast book. Look at it, ladies and gentlemen. It's got soccer balls on it and everything. Ooh, it's super tasty. So... It's perfect. It's a load of balls on the outside and then it'll have... Even more bollocks inside. (laughs) So, we start the week and we start the... Ooh, delicious new fresh book smell with week 22's predictions. There's only three games this week. They're all taking part. They're all taking place in the league, as uh, there's no more cup competitions for Middlesbrough and Hull this season. Boo hoo! But we start in the Premier League, where Nottingham Forest will take on Leicester City. Now, obviously, Mr. Moore is not on the podcast this week, but has sent predictions. So I will save his prediction till last. Um, but I'll go straight in with my prediction for this one. So I've gone for a one-one draw in this one. Um, a one-ye to score for Forrest and Harvey Barnes to score for Leicester. Mr. Cook, what have you got for this one? So this week I've decided to mix it up a little bit and um, get out there and find some, some actual other goal scorers. Um, not, not, for, not for the home teams, don't worry. Don't worry, just, just write down all my goal predictions for the home teams. That's fine. Um, what that does mean is we get to laugh at how many players I've picked that don't play for that team anymore or have been injured since 1986 or, you know, no, that that person doesn't even reside in this country. So let's see how we get on. And uh, they can secretly be that guy who reads out the name and then tomorrow they go on loan. They'll be listening to the podcast and then they'll be like, right, I'm off. He's called it. Uh, Forest 2, Leicester 1. Uh, he's got to get in the mix, hasn't he? So Johnson's there. Uh, I've also gone with a one and for Leicester, I've gone with Perez. Well, I know for a fact that Perez is definitely there, as he was in the team that played against Newcastle yesterday evening. That'll do for so me. Perez is on the list, and he is now. In the book. Mr. Woodmansey, what have you got for this one? Uh, I have got Nottingham Forest 1, Leicester City 1, Gibbs White for Forest and Barnes for Leicester. Interesting. So, shades of what I picked there. Shades. Shades indeed. So, it's his team, but he's not here to give his prediction, so I will provide it for him. Matt has gone for a 2-2 draw on this one. He's gone for Morgan Gibbs-White and Johnson to score for Forrest. He's gone for Madison and Barnes to score for Leicester. Now, I don't really know what Madison's status is at the minute. I don't know if he played any part last night against Newcastle. And obviously, he was he went to the World Cup with a bit of a knock. Never got a, go, never got a look in for England. And I don't know if he came back injured, but... The last I heard, he was seeing a knee specialist in London, which didn't sound good. Mm. 
he I, you never know. He, he got a free holiday to Saudi and didn't do anything whilst he was there, did he? he I think he trained on his own. Was was mm. the uh, we'll keep it. We'll keep him there anyway. If if it turns out he wasn't able to play, we'll just swap him out for I don't know Gary Lineker. Um, we move to the second game of the week, which sees Hull City take on Huddersfield Town. Obviously, it's the man on my screen that's at the bottom. So he will go last. Um, I'll go in with Matt's prediction straight off the bat here. He has gone for a 2-1 Hull City win. He has gone for Estupinian and Tufan to get the goals. With Ward to score for Huddersfield. What have you got for this one, Mr Cook? So, again, trying to mix it up a little bit this week. Uh, I've got a 1-1 draw. Estepinian to score for Hull. And Rhodes to score for Uddersfield. Interesting. I have gone for a slender 1-0 home win with Tete. To get the goal, how is it going to go down, Mr. Woods? Uh, take what Mr. Cook said and just slightly turn it up a notch in the respect I've gone for a 2 2 draw. Um, I have gone for Estepinian and Longman, which is which is classic Mr. Cook selections to this point, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then for, for Huddersfield, I have gone for Rhodes and Holmes. Because obviously, with the whole accent, those are going to sound delightful to you, the listeners. Herbs. Exactly right. <laughs> like Paul was in my living room instead. Lovely, lovely stuff. We round out the week with my boys, and they are at home to Millwall. Mr. Moore has jumped straight in with a 2 0 Middlesbrough win. He has gone for Akpom and a first in Borough Colours for the new signing, Archer. What have you got for this one, Mr Woodmanson? I've got 1-1. One, one. I've got tubes, because obviously that he just needs to let Oscar catch him up first. But anyway. No, 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 Getting back on. George Honeyman. The honey man. Somewhere out there. Kevin Keegan. I can't, I can't even make that joke because it's so dated that it's outrageous. <laughs> oh, He's he, 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 got paid, he got paid a lot for that advert, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure he did. And I mean, what? It was at least... 25 years ago? Oh, easily. But the fact that I remembered <laughs> as soon as you started saying it was like that. I, I cannot tell you what I had for breakfast three days ago, but I can tell you that advert from 25 years That's ago. absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Mr. Cook. Middlesbrough 2, Millwall 1. Fours and Tuba for the Middlesbrough. And Saville. Oh, now how then. Could we possibly forget. Now then, I looked at the Millwall team and I went, "Is is this not invoking the old boy rule?" Well, it absolutely is. However, I am just going to check. I did. I did a football knowledge. You did, you absolutely did. I'm just going to check to see if he was in the squad that played against Sheffield United at the weekend. He, he was. So he's, he's he's a fair game shot. He's played, he played at the weekend. That means he is definitely eligible as he probably will play. I don't know. I don't, I'd like to think he's not going to get booed because he didn't, really, he didn't really do anything bad. So, but then again, Middlesbrough... Occasional set of doils, so you know, I might have the odd few knobheads who just basically go. Mm-hmm. So, 
I feel what's only fair is I already start the week with at least one point for using my exceptional football knowledge to get me some some hardcore predictions. What 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 are we thinking here, boys? Yeah. Hey, God! I mean, do you know what? I'll give him the absolute brass bollocks for uh, for, for for putting it on the line. He's because because those points are yet to be decided. Maybe we should just give you an extra point for last week. I'll do. No, no, no. I've, I've thought about it. And, uh, no, we're just going to keep the score. So, my team, I'll finish it off. I've gone for a 3-1 win. I've gone for Akpom, Fors, and I have also gone for a first goal in the Middlesbrough Brothers for the new signing, Jordan Archer. Not Jordan Archer, Cameron Archer. Jesus Christ. I didn't even give any name. Jordan Cameron, Cameron Archer. No, Cameron Jordan. Jordan. Jordan Archer is a goalkeeper who used to play for, huh, strangely enough, Middlesbrough and Millwall. Um, yes, I've gone for Akron Fours and Archer, and the goal for, for Millwall, I've gone for Fleming, as I believe he was the guy who scored against Borough earlier in the season for Millwall. That, ladies and gentlemen, wraps us up for week 22 predictions. However, before we go, I have just seen it flash up on the screen that the draw for the semi-final of the Cup has come through, and Matt will not be getting the result he wanted, as Southampton versus Newcastle is the first semi-final, leaving... Manchester United versus Nottingham Forest in the second semi-final. Oh dear. Mm. That Forest will have to play their backup goalkeeper for both legs as the first choice keeper is on loan from Manchester United. That is very disappointing. It, it appears that Forest have the home because they're two, two-legged affairs as well, aren't they? They are indeed. It appears that Forest have the home game first. So they're going to need everything to carry them through that to the uh, to the second one. But yes, yes, yes. yes they unfortunately, will. they're meeting Marcus Rashford at a time that he seems to have absolutely had his weight a bit as well. So yes, quite. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is another week done and dusted. The new book, very much in play. Look at it, lovely and shiny. I've not even I've not even had to cover it in wallpaper or anything like that. It's just this is how it came. Lovely stuff. I'm very much looking forward to uh, putting ridiculous nonsense in it for the next couple of weeks to uh, keep you all entertained. All that's left for me to do is thank these two lovely gentlemen for joining me this week. So thank you, boys. I'm sure we'll do it again in roughly a week's time. Yeah, I should think so. Indeed. Thank you to these boys. Thank you to you lovely uh, ladies and gentlemen for uh, for joining us again this week to uh, go through the football happenings of Middlesbrough Hull and Nottingham Forest. Uh, and uh, join us again in a week's time where we'll uh, we'll break it all down and we'll uh, we'll do it all again. Until then, tatty bye. So there you go. What do you think of that? More football gone. More football to look forward to. Fantastic football coming your way in the future. Before you go, please do consider like, share, subscribe, and comment. Drop reviews and share the podcast around. You can also check out the website, it's thecookiecast.com. There we've got social media links and an email button. It means you can use whichever method you prefer to get in touch with us. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe.